Yeah, because you want control over your life and you think it's simple to have control over your hair. But guess what? It's nice to have nice looking hair. And you don't. Well, you do at the minute, but you won't if it carries on this way. <laughs> I'm not going like super. I wouldn't want to go super long again. No, because you can't have it middling. You can't have it as long as it was because it was gross. <laughs> but you can't go like shoulder length because that's like, that's what serial killers have. No, it's like Keanu Reeves. That's it. But, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's and, no, because you know what? You're not Keanu Reeves. One of the option for like Halloween for if I do go out of the house, but I won't. Anyway, I could always go as Fat Thor. So. I mean, wear a wig. <laughs> no, I look crappy. Anyway, his hair was down to his ass. Yeah, but I'm not going to go that far. That's what I'm saying. So wear a wig. <laughs> yeah. Stop having excuses. <laughs> this is the first episode of. <laughs> We don't know what it's called. The ma- Man- How do- Let's keep it simple. This is pilot season. Yeah. Mandalorian. But we're going to do every episode. Yeah. It's pilot. It's the pilot season of Mandalorian. Indeed. Because they're doing the second one. So technically this is the... First. The pilot. And therefore, thing. yeah. No, no, also, you're listening to this on March 24th. Yeah. Not March 20th, like I thought. Because yeah. they delayed it four days. Yeah. Until... Till I assume the Monday or yeah. See then, it's now forty nine ninety nine for your first year. Yes, it's pretty good bargain. Well, you get seven logons for that, or seven. You can do it in seven devices. So there you go for fifty quid. That is a bargain, right? So that's so there is a thought that they don't mm. actually have anything. We don't know yet what's really going to be on it. The world according to Jeff Goldblum, which yep. is amazing. Yeah, the Mandalorian. And that Christmas movie with Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader? (laughs) (laughs) Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. With uh, Valkyrie as Lady. All right, yeah. And the creepy casino guy as the Tramp. (laughs) From (laughs) That's a Last Jedi reference. Then we'll have One Division coming out soon. Or, well, probably not soon. It's this year, but yeah. when I when I hear this year, right? If you're Disney, right, and you're releasing weekly, then you want people to stay the whole time, right? Yeah. So you're going to go here's eight episodes of The Mandalorian, here's eight episodes of WandaVision, half a dozen, you know, mm-hmm. eight episode series a year, yeah, to keep everyone watching every week. Oh, good. We've got Falcon and that's coming out first. Yeah. Right, because that's coming out around August. Right. That's going to end. The Mandalorian's going to start. <laughs> hey, I'm Gareth. I'm Richard, and we're here going over uh, the first episode. God, it's so hard to say. No chapter. See, chapter. I got it yeah. wrong straight away. The first chapter of the Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Usually, obviously, we talk, we, you know, hit bullet points and then we make fun of it. But it's very hard to make fun of this show. Yeah, it really is. That's why I was saying earlier on, note-wise, I found this very difficult. Because I got too distracted watching Mm. (laughs) to write anything. um, And then sort of went back and watched it again. And it's just like, because... It's always easier to write about bad stuff. Because I don't want to do spoilers for future episodes, right? And so, uh, straight away when I start reading this, right? Oh, Gareth, remember to do this. Mm. Um, 
the character's name is mentioned in my notes, even though his name is not revealed till episode eight. Yeah. Now, here's something. It doesn't matter, right? It's very much Kill Bill, yeah. right? You watch Kill Bill and they say her real name and they beep it. Why? Just for the fuck of it. Yeah. There's no real reason. Um, and so if I say his name accidentally, because um, I did a lot of copy paste between Wikipedia, Wookiepedia, yeah. and uh, me just asking questions about things within the show. Yeah. And so hopefully all combined, we'll all have a lovely time and then we can go about our lives. So the Mandalorian, also known as Star Wars the Mandalorian, not here, that I'm aware of. Just before it even starts, mm-hmm. the little graphic thing that they've got put up for Star Wars, with the sort of like the red and blue flashing in yes. the lights, it's very good. It is special. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an American space western web television series. Mm-hmm. That's a complex way to yeah. explain something. <laughs> Created by John Favreau and released on Disney Plus. It is the first live-action series in the Star Wars franchise. Set five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, uh, a.k.a. Oh. A.k.a. 5ABY, right? 5ABY. After Battle of Yavin. Oh, okay. Yeah. They like that in the Star Wars universe. Do they? Yeah. There you go. I learned something. And also BBY, before Battle of Yavin. Oh, just in case people at home uh, are looking on Wikipedia and go, ABY, yes, that's after Baby Yoda. Don't be stupid! ABY5. <laughs> <laughs> because hmm? it was Yavin 5, wasn't it? No, because then there's going to be a year after it. Okay. How confusing would that be? ABY55. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's madness. ABYV. Okay, it's not. Okay, it's Star Wars canon. It's they, called ABY. They shouldn't have Roman numerals because Romans wasn't a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being complicated. <laughs> Usually, when something's the way it is, you get mowed if it isn't. Now, apparently, you got the uh, you're the other way around. You're a terrorist. <laughs> Anarchist, I think. Yeah. Okay. Anarchist Skywalker. <gasps> oh, he's my favourite. <laughs> oh. Um. Anyway, so yeah, five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, 25 years prior to the events of The Force Awakens. Yes. Mm. Uh, It follows the title character, sent the name out, Gareth, I don't even need to say it, Uh, a Mandalorian bounty hunter (laughs) and his exploits beyond uh, the reaches of the New Republic. So chapter one, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, was written by John Favreau, who we all know, but let's say some credits. Yeah. Uh, he was an actor in Friends, <laughs> where he played Pete, uh, mm. Monica's boyfriend. <clears throat> yeah. uh, he wrote Swingers and starred in it with Vince Vaughn. He wrote and directed Made with Vince Vaughn. Uh, he wrote and directed Elf Did with he? Will Ferrell and James Caan. Okay, didn't know that one. Uh he wrote and directed uh, Zathura, A Space Adventure, the sequel to mm. Jumanji with Dax Shepard and Kristen Stewart. Um, Never grew into watching that one. And recently he has become obsessed with CGI, <laughs> with The Jungle Book, yeah. uh, 
The Lion King. Uh, uh, his chef TV show on Netflix. And I've even missed out that he's probably the linchpin in creating the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Pretty much. So, <sighs> big deal. Yeah. Uh, he's it, possibly the busiest man in Hollywood. Or, well, not, not Hollywood, we'll say... In entertainment well, yeah, at the moment. Because he used to even do, back in the day when he was busy, he did, uh, what was that called? It was on late night TV. Dinner for Five? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah. Where he just got like a four mates around and they talked around a table. Yeah. You know? Workaholic. He really is. But he's good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's directed by Dave Filoni, who you may know as one of the main directors of Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars. Yeah, um, and because um, also there's five episodes of this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, sorry, this and chapter five, so it's just two episodes of this. Yeah, I was going to say, that can't um, be right. <laughs> and <laughs> um, Avatar The Last Airbender, not the movie, the TV series. Yes. Um, and he's also a producer and thing and writing stuff for everything Star Wars, basically. Mm-hmm. Anything that's been Star Wars for years. Yeah. Dave Filoni's not that guy, right? The guy who started writing the canon book, and then George Lucas went, what a geek you are, and then hired him. That's not that guy. That's a different guy? Or is that that guy? <laughs> Sorry, guys. It could be, because I've just had a weird image flash in my head of, like, book jackets with his name on it, and I don't know if I'm just making those up in my head, but it might be. Mm. Mm. Anyway, hey. here we go. <laughs> I'm going to thr- uh, fly into this plot. Um, and I must admit, the cut and paste is real vague, so occasionally I add bits to it. Because yeah. they they can go from <clears throat> five years after the fall of the Empire, a Mandalorian bounty hunter collects a bounty, and that was the end of that. They were, yeah. He's already, you know, uh, the bounty is a fledgling Mithril, played by Horatio Sands. Oh, yeah. um, after a uh, scuffle in an exchange in a bar, uh, and returns to a guild hall in his ship, the rest, razor crest. That is literally the wick thing. Uh, I mean, missing out Brian Pusain and his taxi and the sea creatures. So much in that. I mean, just right from the start, it just sort of can setting mm-hmm. up your sort of Star Wars universe. Yeah, you've got the Ken Hemsworth in there. You've got the beeping things. So you've got the um, the fob. Yeah, the tracker tracker thing that you're like, because oh, this thing is just sort of beeping. Yeah, so never explain the science of how that works. Nope. Um, but it just does. Good. Um, I assume it has, like, it's DNA. Yeah. And the closer you get to it, the more it beeps. I see. It's the whole kind of setting up. You've got kind of weird sort of snowy. Uh, no, is that one snowy? Yeah, it's snowy. Yeah, yeah. It's a snowy um, planet. Yeah, it's a snowy planet. So, obviously, we're instantly thinking of Hoth. Yeah. But it's not Hoth. Um, I see, because there's so much of this first episode, well, is just setting up the feelings of Star Wars and just... Little nods to everything else Star Wars just to make you feel familiar with it. Yeah. So you've got that. He goes in, he's got uh, this cantina sort of looking mm-hmm. dive bar sort of thing. I think I heard someone refer to bars like as werewolf bars. Okay. Um, I think it was a We Hate Movies thing, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, yeah, so okay. he walks in, everybody stops, turns around, and it's just the whole, you feel so familiar with it straight out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. And it's just. But, like, mm-hmm. on the snow planet, yeah. right, he meets the two dudes talking hutties. Yeah. Right? The big, bold dude with the big beard yeah. is officially in everything now, right? 
Mm. Like literally everything I watch where they need, I assume, a stuntman who can also deliver act a, a little lines, bit. Yeah. He is everybody's favorite henchman. Mm. His IMDb is obscene. I'd say I never even thought to look him up. Because he's like... Uh, he always... Because he has the moustache that's usually, you know, like waxed to the tips. Yeah. And they come up a bit like he's a little fancy man. And he's in like... He plays a lot of SWAT people and a lot of bad guys. You know what, Gareth? Cut around this. Quickly check him out. Because yeah. I, I know exactly... The easiest way to do it is through the Mandalorian. Yeah. So I don't have to anything out of my ass, even though I'm pretty sure he was in uh, that thing with the stuff not that thing with the stuff <laughs> I was gonna oh, sorry I was gonna reference Midnight Texas like anyone cares about that I used to like that show um, um his name is Tate Fletcher Tate spelled T-A-I-T right. it's a little too close to taint for my liking <laughs> Taint Fletcher <laughs> so he oh that's what he is he's the He's a reoccurring bad guy in the new Jumanjis, because obviously they're a computer game. Yeah. Uh, he was in Breaking Bad. He was the woodcutter in Westworld. He was Nikolai in John Wick. Mm. Uh, he's in Briar Patch that I'm watching at the minute with uh, um, her, Rosario Dawson. Right. Uh, here's something crazy. Uh, you know John Favreau. I don't want to do spoilers for it, right? But John Favreau voices a character in the future. Yes, he plays the body. All oh, right, okay. So, uh, so he's doing the actual yeah. physical work. There you go. Um, so, because that's the thing with this, isn't it? Because um, Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. is really just doing the voice of the Mandalorian for most of it because he's not. In well, suit. apparently it's John Wayne's grandson, right? Mm. Is in the... Well, because that's something... Mum was trying to tell me that John Wayne was in Star Wars. I don't think he was. I think she's mixing it up with that. It's his grandson. Yeah, probably. Because it's hard for him to be in it anymore because he's dead. Yeah, no. But... <laughs> and I'm not sure when he died, but... I don't feel like he was around much in my lifetime. No. Oh, just finishing off uh, Taint Fletcher... He was also in Barry, um, uh, Midnight Texas, like I said, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, The Accountant. You remember The Accountant? That was a great film. Um, ben Affleck has like Asperger's, but also mm. likes killing people. Mm, no, never saw that. Uh, Bloodfather, Mel Gibson. Uh, War on Everyone. That was a good film. Uh, Sicario, uh, The Equalizer, uh, From Dust Till Dawn, the series, We're the Millers, Two Guns, The Lone Ranger, The Last Stand, Fright Night, the remake, <laughs> Jonah Hex. <clears throat> oh, bloody hell. You know what I mean? Guys in a million things. Good. And I only notice him because he's massive in that moustache. Yeah. He insists on that moustache, I tell you. <laughs> it's my feature. That's oh, where the money is. But, um, yeah, so anyway, he gets cut in half, I think, by a door. No, it's, I think it's the, the quarren gets cut um, in half. What's a quarren? That's the weird sort of squid-headed uh, um, alien type. Um, See, this is what this podcast well, is about. That's when 
And that was one of the things that I looked up on Wikipedia because I was like, oh, the Quarren guy. And I went, it's definitely a Quarren. So I had to quickly look it up to make sure I was not mistaken. And I wasn't. <laughs> Which is nothing to be proud of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, he gets his mark in the bar, right? Yeah. Uh, who's like, I can give you money. He says one of his now classic lines. I can, uh, what is it? I can bring you in uh, uh, warm or I can bring you in cold. cold. Yeah. Uh, was it, I can't remember what the money is, but it's something flan. Oh, well, when you get there, it's calamari flan. Calamari flan. I'm like, what is he, is he bacon in his place? But that's because uh, they go to the Razor Crest. The short story is he gets thrown into carbonite. Yeah. After we see our first Star Wars toilet. I know. A, a space toilet. That's a breakthrough for sci fi in general. Yeah. Um, also, as well, can we just mention the Razor Crest? Mm hmm. That's a fine-looking ship. Yeah, that's why it's got a good name. And that's why, um, I say at the moment, I've been playing far too much of No Man, uh, no Man's Sky. Yep. And you can obviously trade things. I am desperate to find a ship that looks even remotely like that. And I don't care if it's worse than the ship I've got, I'm having it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. So Mando flies to Navarro, right, where he meets the guild leader Grief Karga. A great name. Yeah. Uh, played by Carl Weathers, yeah, uh, who mostly has low-paying bounties, which will not cover travelling expenses. Yeah, because I'm like five thousand credits, which will barely cover fuel. Yeah. Like, yeah okay. So, looking to get a big bounty, uh, the Mandalorian accepts a mysterious commission for which Carga can only provide an address to meet the client Werner Herzog, yeah. uh, who wants the details of the job to be private. The client who uses Imperial Stormtroopers as bodyguards gives the Mandalorian a vague target to bring back alive. The only information he is allowed to give is an age, 50 years old, uh, and last known location. In exchange, the client promises to reward the bounty hunter with a crate of Beskar, a rare metal used by Mandalorians to forge impenetrable armour. Which they've kind of set up as always being the case, mm-hmm. but the Beskar is very much just made up in the last couple of years for like Clone Wars, mm. and I say I think the the purge of Mandalorians. Mm. The first mention of that is this episode, <laughs> so this is just everyone's kind of going, "Oh yeah, that's always been the case." No, this is the first mention of it. Well, I, I but, do think the purge is mentioned in the Clone Wars because uh, uh, didn't Katie Sackoff play one of the Mandalorians mm. that they're fighting back in that? Possibly. And also there's but the... I think it's the first time it's actually referred to as the Purge, though. There's the one Mandalorian who obviously also becomes a Jedi. And they're, they're, all, in the, they're all in the Clone Wars. And yeah. So, you know. Yeah. It is there. I don't know if... But I, think it's, it's the I first, don't know how much John Favreau watched, is no, what I'm saying. This is the fir- I think it's the first time they actually refer to it as the Purge. Yeah. Anyway. So, receiving a single bar of Beskar as a down payment, the Mandalorian meets with the Armourer. An enclave see, housing fellow Mandalorians. Before we get there, though, yeah, uh-huh. again, I want to comment on the whole setting up universe because this whole like it's got him wandering about the streets of Navarro to get there. Yep, and it's just it's all the background stuff. So you've got your um, see, one of the things from the earlier scene with the guys in the bar mm-hmm. is that you realise just kind of how fucked their universe is. Yeah, for like how little kind of life means to a lot of people. Like when they've got um. Horatio Sands or that table mm. are talking about can cutting out these um, glands and things. So it's like they're can taking a sentient being mm-hmm. and going to carve up its 
can innards and sell them off. And then as he's walking through, you see your Kowakian uh, monkey lizard on a spit, um, which is like salacious crumb from... Yeah, yeah. That. So it's just... Oh, you can't get too much about this universe. I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. It's because you're kind of getting the feeling that, okay, the Empire was defeated. But it was probably kind of better when they weren't, which is a weird kind of thing. Because obviously they were dictatorship. But everything seems slightly more fucked now. Okay, it's only five years. Is it later. like Mr. Robot? You know, they they mm-hmm. they uh, they bring down the big businesses in yeah. the first series of Mr. Robot. Spoilers. Yeah. And uh, in the second season, you realise they've made everything much much well, worse. It's, it's like beforehand. I mean, okay, things have probably not changed that much for these sort of, kind of outer room sort of territory things. Mm-hmm. But they're still slightly more shaky. Hence the reason you kind of get bounties because and there's nothing going on. Yeah. And it's just I don't know, but I really like just sort of the feeling this because there's those little. Everything seems rougher now as well. Because yep. obviously we're in the Eterim thing, we're not dealing with like in Imperial stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even look at um, like the Mandalorian himself. I mean, remember seeing sort of Boba Fett was a bit scuffed or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Then you think back to the like, Django and it was all like shiny and things. Mm. And you look at how rough and everything he is as well and how rough everything in the surrounding areas. It just, again, it is good. Mm-hmm. And it gets you invested in the... Well, it gets me invested in the in the universe, but yeah, everything feels a bit rough and shitty. Yeah, but fantastic at the same time. I'd love to live there. It would be I'd be killed in days. But yeah. What a couple of days it would be. But they'd, they'd confuse you for taint. Oh, the my uh, dream to be confused for taint. <laughs> the armorer who melts the metal to give the Mandalorian a new pauldron. What's a pauldron again? The shoulder thing. I mean, it's not. It's not great. Is it? It's a start, but, but the I'd, thing is, I'd want a, I'd want a cup. They could probably make more. <laughs> and by that, I mean you know to cover my cock and balls. Yeah. I think they could <laughs> make more with it, but then there's a chunk of it is donated to the foundlings. Well, no, he donates it by yeah. choice. It's not so, like she's yeah, like exactly. I'm taking this. So that why payment. he's got there's probably enough there for both. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, can go to pay my dues to the the Mandalorians because, and whatever. This is the way. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, so yeah, they say the metal was uh, gathered in the Great Purge and the excess will sponsor other foundlings like the Mandalorian once was. The Mandalorian travels to the desert planet of Arvala 7. All right. One quick thing about the armour as well. Uh-huh. Um, this really doesn't tie into anything else, but um, voiced by Emily Swallow. Yeah. Who... Um, mm-hmm. Remember the other week when we were watching Castlevania? I mean, yeah. It was the voice of Lisa. Was she the one who can fly, I like think, the witch? No, I think she's the... Is it the dead wife thing that keeps in the flashbacks and things, but she's in every episode because there's always Dracula's having flashbacks. Oh, her. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's her. Vo- she's voicing her as well. Need to catch up with that. Season three starts soon. Oh. Um, so, yeah. The Mandalorian travels to a... God's Gareth, words. The Mandalorian travels to the desert planet Arvala 7 and meets a native named Quill. Quill. <laughs> I always have trouble saying Quill's name because yeah. there's two eyes in it. Yeah. Voiced by Nick Nolte, <clears throat> uh, who wants to help him so that he can get rid of the criminals and mercenaries who now inhabit the area. Yeah. Quill teaches the Mandalorian to ride a Blurg as there are no land speed vehicles to traverse the area. Do you know when Blurgs first appeared in the, in the Star Wars universe? 
It was a episode four, the CGI one. Ewoks, the battle for Endor. Oh, there you go. Kind of look a bit Jewbacky. Do you call me? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but with arms instead of four legs. But yeah, they look, they're definitely related to Jewbacks. I think. Yeah. And um, partly they were first going to be used for um, Tauntauns, but then they decided they didn't look wintry enough, so they then made Tauntauns the furry things we know. Nice. There you go. Um. Yeah, upon reaching the hideout, the Mandalorians forced to team up with bounty droid IG-11, voiced by Taika Waititi. They managed to clear the entire facility of its Nikto guards. We can all we all know where that reference comes oh, from. God, I yeah, I was scratching my head trying to figure out what the hell the species was called, and I couldn't think of it. Uh, and discover the that the bounty is a green, big-eared infant creature. IG-11 plans to kill it, but the Mandalorian blasts the droid to protect the baby and his bounty. Which does suggest that, yeah, there's a bounty out on this, on the, on the child. Yep. But there must be multiple different people, because he was IG-11 was very clear in the fact that he was, and his orders were, kill it. And yet, the client... Well, no, I see it more like... Um, What's the client's mate called with the aviator glasses? Dr. Pershing. Right. I would say that uh, the client has taken numerous meetings, mm. and if Pershing isn't there, he just goes, just kill the fucking thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Just bring us back some of his DNA, it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about Pershing. He's its husband. <laughs> Horrific. Mm. Look, look to camera. <laughs> <laughs> What is that old Werner Herzog documentary where he's like, he's in the forest and he just goes, the trees here are in misery and the birds are in misery. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, but that's pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. Now, I have questions. Okay. Uh, Calamari Flan. Yes. Would it ruin your pockets? Because when he picks it up, it slides across the table in a very gooey yeah, kind of way. See, I don't think... <laughs> it seems to be made out of that stuff. You know you used to get them toys you'd throw against a wall and they'd slide yeah, down. Yeah, but they're not... They're not. I mean, okay, they were sticky against the wall mm-hmm. and they would pick up a lot of fluff. Yeah. But they wouldn't... They would actually technically clean your pocket of fluff. They wouldn't dirty your pocket. But you so, dirty the money and people might not appreciate it. But you get dirty money all the time. Yeah, but like metaphorical dirty money, not literal dirty but I think, money. I think you could it would wipe clean quite easily though. I'm glad I don't use money anymore because that's probably how I'd catch coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, no one has I think that's why I don't touch people. I don't try to handle money. Well, you know, coronavirus, yeah. as they say, the only thing you're supposed to do, really, and you won't catch it because it's not airborne is don't go around licking your fingers. Don't yeah. eat KFC. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're going to eat something, uh, make sure it's from a sealed bag. Fair don't eat an apple. <laughs> a filthy <laughs> apple. Oh. Eat cheese Doritos. <laughs> They're fine. <laughs> Apple-flavoured Doritos. That's what they need to make. That's the future. That's where you're going to get your five a day. Yep. Oh. Oh. Coronavirus. Yeah. Apparently it kills one in a hundred. That's pretty poor odds uh, for how much news coverage it gets. 
Uh, and that, I mean, as I say, when my mum went in the hospital a couple of years ago, yeah, yeah, she had a five percent chance of survival. <laughs> oh and, shit! Okay, yeah. Oh, I and thought she, you were going to tell me five percent chance of dying, which I was like, no. "That's all right." But then you flipped it on me. And yeah. I was like, "Oh shit!" And she phoned a small one. So guess what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Oh, she's she's dead. Oh. I love you, mum. You're not dead. <laughs> you no, know, I've never met you, but I'm sure you're lovely. You never met my mum? No, I don't think so. Hmm. I barely met mine. But you met my younger sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Briefly, I think. Yeah. You might have checked him in once or twice. Back in the day. Possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Not me. I've not got a clue. Oh, here's something I think we should do every week. Oh, no. What? Uh, um, the Child, as yeah. the next episode is called. Yeah. Cuteness factor in every episode. This one, you didn't see it enough. No. Um, to make it out. I'd say it's out of ten, so I'm going to go with a... Uh, it's cute enough that the Mandalorian will not kill it. Yeah. So I'm saying that's got to be about a five See, or a here, six. Well, I'm going to say a three, <laughs> but I'm going to say that at the end, when it's the Mandalorian that's overcome with sort of can, its cuteness thing. Yeah, yeah. He's being more cute than Yoda is by that point because he's kind of like, oh, look, can finger, can. Yeah, so, but, but think, then obviously the the. <laughs> The the little Yoda finger comes up too, yeah, but it's it's hard to define. It's hard to see it properly, so you can't get any cuteness. Points Are we going to find out, right? Yeah. Um, and spoil and not spoilers. You don't find out in this season unless you want the opposite of spoilers. But uh, wouldn't it be cruel if we find out that Baby Yoda is actually controlling the Mandalorian to love him? Mm. <laughs> well, it could be. I mean. At this point, you've got to kind of assume, because you've just become confronted with Baby Yoda, mm. you've kind of got to assume it's going to have some sort of forcey thing about it. Or even just an aura or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some sort of, kind of, I don't know. Because it's a Yoda thing, we've never really seen other than other than Yodas. Yeah. Except for uh, Yadin on the Jedi Council. Um, what, what name? Yadin, I believe her name is. What are we talking about? Oh, no, that's Yaddle you're thinking of. Yaddle, okay, sorry. Ah, close. You said Yadin, and I was like, the woman that John Travolta thought a demon is was in the Oscars that time. <laughs> I got, yeah, I, I forgot quite. I knew it was a similar name to that. I, I was cool. thinking Nadine, I just, I'm just glad that I know yeah. something you don't about okay. Star Wars. It seems very unlikely. No. Um, I know, yes. I, it's easy to remember Yaddle, because it's like yeah, Yoda. No. They're almost not, the same. Not for me. So, surely, you know, if we ever find out the name of this child, it'll be like Yuddle. Yuddle. Yudder. That sounds a bit too much like Udder. I don't like that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yentl. Yentl. Yid. Yid. Duh. Yaddle. <laughs> Let's not worry about it. It's probably not, right? Yeah, too. Um... Barada Nictu. Yeah. Um, mm. And the last thing I had written here was, what is the Great Purge? And I went to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. 
So we have... You've got that written down somewhere as well. The Great Purge was an event in which the Galactic Empire came into conflict with the Mandalorians. The event resulted in the Empire gathering Beskar and most of the Mandalorian people uh, being killed, forcing the tribe, as the group we meet in this episode is called, to operate in secrecy. Uh, The Great Purge occurred sometime, vague, in the Imperial era... Uh, against the Mandalorians by the Galactic Empire. It was during this time that Mandalorian Beskar was gathered and it was cast into Imperial smelters as spoils of the Purge. While most of the Mandalorians were killed, the event led to the Mandalorian group known as the Tribe operating in the secrecy after the fall of the Empire. So, and uh, blatant references in this episode, as I see them, yeah. Right? is the the vibe of the whole thing mm-hmm. is a knife edge between Yojimbo, the Akira Kurosawa movie, yeah. and Fistful of Dollars, the movie that Sergio Leone remade it into as a Western yeah. with the man with no name. See, um, this is where and, I'm going to learn stuff. And... Because uh, I know all of these, but I've never really... Paid that much attention to it, whereas you have an encyclopedic knowledge, kind of. No, I just uh, BBC Two. Um, I'm going to say thirty years ago had a samurai mm-hmm. season on, and I watched every single one of them. And then around the same time, and it could be ten years apart, who knows? Um, uh, they did a Sergio Leone thing. Right. And then I think it was shockingly Jonathan Ross, because it's pre-internet, yeah. who said, these are all based on this, this is all based on this, and started to tie them together. And then I just started to find more and more films, like the Django movies and, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, Zatoichi movies, and then Shogun Assassin. Yeah. But let's not talk about Shogun Assassin, because I feel like that's definitely an episode two chat. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Um, and it's also um, Yojimbo is also based on uh, the book Red Harvest by Dashiell Hammett very slightly mm-hmm. which is the 1920s America uh, sort of uh, I mean it's a very basic plot that's been used in a thousand films now from Miller's mm-hmm. Crossing to Last Man Standing to blah 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 it doesn't matter anyway mm-hmm. but basically it's Guy comes back into town, meets a mob boss, starts working for him, mm-hmm. walks across town, meets another mob boss. They go, hey, how's it going? Starts working for him. Plays the two against each other till they kill each other, and then the town is saved because there's no more mob boss. Yeah. Is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's sort of doing it for himself. And that is the plot of all those films. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're good. And pulpy and cheap, and that's mm. why they made them. Um, and the blatant reference will be uh, the big mounted gun, yeah, in like the fight scene at the end, yeah, which is very much the end of the <laughs> Wild Bunch, where uh, where uh, uh, Ernest Borgnine, I believe, yeah. jumps on the, uh, the big Gatling gun, the big Gatling gun, and takes everyone out. Yeah. Mm. So Here's here's something I thought about watching this, uh-huh. and this is going to be my prediction for the future of 
Star Wars on Disney. I predict. Here's a reboot that I'm going to bet. Not obviously not reboot Star Wars, but I, I'm going to guarantee you right now. They're going to do a Star Wars Christmas special to erase the memory of the old one. Guarantee they're going to do one. Well, that's another reference that we never brought up that uh, the fledgling Mithril yeah. does mention getting home for life day. Yeah. Um, also, the um, kind of colouring of the Mandalorian's armour at this point mm-hmm. is kind of similar to how Boba Fett looked in the cartoon that he was introduced in on um, the Christmas special. Oh, yeah, um, I've watched that cartoon his, on, on Tintnet. There's also, apparently, one of the Mandalorians in the Enclave behind it is wearing practically identical to Boba Fett and that. Yes. Um, his rifle that he's got, the blast, I think, is the same as the one that Boba Fett in that uses to um, subdue and then ride the Mythosaur. Mm-hmm which we see the skull of the Mythosaur above the door of the Enclave as well. Yep. Um, oh, there's just a ton of references. Shocking, but right? But I just think, yeah, I sit, they're going to do a, they have to do a Christmas special. Or a Life Day special. Okay, but they better get Daisy Ridley high as a kite in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's chopping up uh, calamari flan and snorting it. Oh, this money's drugs. <laughs> um, I like the idea, you know, like when you lick a toad and it gets you high. I like that you just lick the money. You just wa- you oh. just walk up to Akbar and just lick his cheek. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah, he's de- he died in the last film. Yeah, and he died in real life as well. So what a mm. slap to the face. The actor died. Kill him. Happens <laughs> if you appear in Star Wars and they kill you on screen. You die. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, um, trying to present anything else that has other references. See, so yeah, like, see so from the background thing as well. We see a, different variations of the gonk droid walking about. At one point, it's a bit more rounded. Gonk, yeah. Droid. You've got the weird, um, the door robot. Hold on, hold on. What's a gonk droid? Big black. It's got two little legs. Shuffles about. Makes a noise saying gonk. But it was in this one. It was instead of being square like we've always seen them in the past. This one was more rounded. Okay. Um, you've got like the the so door. So if a maybe a uh, if a gonk droid made love to like R two D two, possibly, mm. but with less wheels. Whales. Wheels. Oh, thank God! I think they scream <laughs> when they make less wheels as well. <laughs> um, so you've got like the um, the door droid as well, which is obviously. Um, Pretty much identical to the one from Jabba's Palace. Yeah. Oh, so many. Just I say it's just so much in here to make sure you, you're can familiar with what's going on mm-hmm. by referencing other stuff, but being different enough that you know, you're not going there just doing it for the sake of it. Isn't it weird though, right? That when Star Wars came back, mm-hmm. whenever the fuck that was, five years ago maybe. Yeah. Right after a break of. Nine years. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. There was the Clone Wars, and which I never, really you know, watched. but I never really watched it. No. Anyway, right? And we were like, "Oh, I'm glad it's back." It didn't take long till everyone seemed to be quite bored of it. Yeah. Isn't it weird how little people talk about Rise of Skywalker? Well, I have to think. I of these. I mean, the new movies are fine. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah. Force Awakens, I would say, is solid gold. Yeah. It's just unfortunate where they go from there. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I've said it before as well. All these people wonder about, oh, it's not my Star Wars, you've ruined it. No, no. We, like, people our age, we've had our Star Wars. Yeah. It was Star Wars. Yeah. And then, can there's people, other people whose Star Wars they grew up with was the, the prequels. Yeah, yeah. I feel sorry for them, but they're mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they got introduced to their parents, yeah. so all their, right. you know. And then this generation one now, so 40-odd-year-olds or whatever are older, can't moan about this not being Star Wars, because no, it's not. It's not your Star Wars. It's this generation's Star Wars. True. We've had ours, and we can still enjoy them any time you like. Right? That's can Yeah. Stop fucking moaning. Yeah, just, but, but, en- just enjoy the fact that they're actually making them. Because we went for a hell of a lot of years... Like after Star Wars and like Return of the Jedi, where we didn't have any new Star Wars. But the crazy thing so, is, we we thought it was forever. Yeah. But when you think about like the time between, like I've told you this before, right? I watched Star Wars completely out of order because mm-hmm. I feel like the first one I saw was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And then I saw the others because we didn't have a, v- a VHS player for no. a while. Um. And I'm too uh, young to have seen Star Wars in the cinema. Well, that's the thing. I, or Empire, for yeah. that matter. Um, when did Empire come out? 81, right? Or 80. You've only been two. I definitely think I've seen it in cinema, though. Well, I've seen it in oh, cinema. I, I saw cinema, it in 1997. I think, I don't know. But, um, when they did the reissues yeah, in 97, I saw I all that, three. That counts, yeah, sorry. But I say I was technically in the cinema in 77 to see Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I was just in the womb. Well, you didn't see much. I heard it though. And that's why I was <laughs> that's why I was early because I went, uh, wanted to get out and see it. it sounded good. Mm. I don't know if yeah. I would through a belly. It was enough to intrigue me to go, hey, I'm going to watch that a lot when I get out of here. See, when I get out of this prison, this flesh prison, mm, I'm going <laughs> to watch this on a loop. Um, with intermittent uh, sound of music, sound of music, <laughs> sound of music viewings, and can't stop the music. So you really do want that in Greece. I watch Greece a lot as well. Yeah, you really want that space opera, literally, like a literal but space there, opera. There's a thing. I never really cared for um, Flash Gordon, and that's really a space opera easy get as well. Yeah, but not as singy. Mm. <sighs> but now Flash Gordon is fun in places but mostly quite unenjoyable mm. <laughs> <sighs> I mean right if Star Wars didn't exist yeah. but its influences did right because I don't want to ruin you yeah. know I don't want to get else. into pedantry here what's the best space opera Mm. Kind of, you know, or space epic. How's that? You know, I mean, it's not an easy pull. No, because you go. Well, I mean, last starfighter. Yeah, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, the gritty early two thousands reboot. I give up on that pretty quick as well. It's very good. 
That's a hard one there. I can't really think of anything else. I mean, obviously, you've got, you got your Star Trek movies, but they're not really space operas or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they don't feel like they're... Um, especially nowadays, yeah. since the reboots, they don't feel epic. They just feel like yeah. very fast, expensive I mean, TV shows. I, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, I will still say that um, Wrath of Khan is superior to every Star Wars film. Um, yeah, totally. But no, I can't think of anything else that could take Star Wars' throne if it didn't exist. Yeah. Um, what was that one? With what, Hassel- what was that one with Hasselhoff? I'm sure they did it on the How Did This Get Made? Oh, it was like Italian or something. Star Crash. Yeah. Star Crash. Yeah. Obviously, it's not going to be that, but uh, just spring it in my head just now. Mm. God, he's awful, isn't he? Moonraker. <laughs> well, that's been a long time I hadn't seen that in years And Honestly if you ask me right now What happened to Moonraker I couldn't tell you I mean Jaws it, the, the The moon hit Jaws's girlfriend Oh I forgot that was even the thing Isn't that the one where Jaws becomes good Yeah By the end of it And they float off in space Yeah Okay yeah I totally remember that I'm glad he's happy yeah. Um, I mean dead now floating in the vacuum of space but. yeah and he comes back with uh, you know to torment James Bond Jr so it wasn't mm. wasn't permanent she obviously died probably of space disease probably got lead poison off his teeth probably <laughs> he was immune to it by that point so you'd like to think <sighs> otherwise he wouldn't have any teeth left um <laughs> No. Why is my phone on fire today? It's really <laughs> fucking pissing me off. See, sci-fi wise, I mean, obviously you got like the, the Planet sci-fi of the Apes wise? ones, but they're not space ones because they're in space a very short amount of time. Um, yeah, there's nothing else really like Star Wars. It's weird, isn't it? Because there yeah. must be. June? No. I mean, people who like June, good on them. Yeah. No. No. It wouldn't arrive in time, would it? That'd be good. No. I want to play that really complicated Dune board game. Oh. Oh. You've seen well, that? Yeah, it was on um, that... Oh, what the hell's the channel on YouTube? Oh, I know what you mean. The stand and sit... Or, I can't remember yeah. That. Stand yeah. up, sit down. The one that we, that we watched the Gloomhaven one on. Yes. Anyway, one, if, search for that online. Watch their videos. They're really good. But yeah, the the Dune game is only quotation fingers yeah. uh, thirty five pounds because it's yeah. just cardboard. Yeah, and it's based on the OG early eighties Dune game, which is based on the book, not the film, and is so complicated because, <laughs> like, it's sort of like photosynthesis, right? Yeah. In that. Uh, the weather changes where you are right. and it affects how each player is, but also each player is different because some have to worry about their money and some worry, or they worry about their power in different ways and how they fight is different. And every game mechanic is different. It's like, what if root and photosynthesis were on top of each other simultaneously? And you're like, that sounds insane. Mm. Saying that I still want a copy of root. Apparently, um, Gareth, cut all this out. This is bullshit. Um, Root 
is getting a reprint and it should be in the country before the end of the month. Mm. And if you get it from someone who's actually selling it and not from eBay, you should get a copy for about £40. Which, considering mm. the one I bought my sister was 85 and the cheapest I've ever seen it. I was... Yeah. I got an offer for one last week with the Riverfolk expansion and it was 20%, maybe 25% off what they were offering everyone else. Yeah. It was still £130. Jesus. And then you go... And then I read about this reprint and you go... Uh, the expansion will be £25. The game will be about 50 at best. So you're 75 for two. Yeah. Yes, that. I have patience of a saint. Not yeah. because I'm patient, but because time goes so fast, you forget <laughs> that you haven't been patient. Yeah. Anyway. Talking, talking of less good games, actually, I was on quickly looking at the um, PlayStation Store this morning. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's been a lot of things about the latest wrestling game being utter bollocks. Now, bear in mind, it's only been out a couple of months, mm-hmm. and uh, the £85 deluxe version <laughs> you can get for 15 quid today. <laughs> and you're like, wow. And the people who paid 85 quid, do they get 70 quid back? No. That's upsetting, <laughs> But it? I just looked at it and went, even at that price, I've heard terrible things about it. Yeah. Give it away free at some point. I'll consider downloading it. <laughs> Probably won't. How but is I'm it like, so bad? Yeah. They already had a game mechanic that worked. It's because every year they've put out, it's got slightly worse to this point where they released it and it was so broken that... <laughs> I'm so broken! That um, it just it crashes. It'll just... You'll blank out and then you'll go and reload it and your entire... <laughs> where am I? Your, your entire save game is just <laughs> gone or like when you're fighting, like something will happen and your character will just like fall through the, the mat and be... No, I was going to say, I need to change the word. Um, spasming out oh. um, and just all over the place and just nothing works at all. And then they released a patch and it fixed nothing. And they released another patch and it fixed I nothing. I remember when my Xbox 360 broke yeah. playing GTA 4 and how I knew it was broke is I walked through a door and it was like the Matrix. <laughs> Everything was just green and black, mm. lines apart from the main character, and I went, oh no. And I turned it off and on again, and it didn't turn on again. Oof. And that sounds less broken than a game they're selling oh, it's, as a professional thing. Yeah. But, oh. And it's just, I said, it's been months now, and they've done a heap of um, patches, and it's just a broken, unfinished game that they've tried to hoist on people for 85 quid. Utterly disgraceful. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I'm guessing they won't be making the next one. Oh, so. right, Gareth, cut all the game chat yeah, out. Anyway. It was uh, silly. And we've gone, by the time you cut all the crap out, probably 40 minutes is as long no. as the episode. What more do you need? So um, I did see that the, the ratings on IMDb. Oh, yeah. For, um, Give the, it to me. The series, I think, was 8.7. Not as high as I would have guessed. Um but this episode, mm-hmm. oh no, the series is 8.8. Mm. This episode was 8.7 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I'm giving it a solid 8. Uh-huh. Because... Or a 4 this, out of 5, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we do five. Um, well, no, it, we do, I, I think this is the sort of show we need to do out of yeah. 10. Not for um, 
pedantry reasons, but because no. it slowly gets better. Yeah. You know what I mean? That if you go four out of five, you can't have every episode be four no. out of five. Because that's the thing. Because it's, I think it's a good introduction to yeah. like. See, because the pressure on this first one uh-huh. really is to get you in, make you feel Star Warsy, but also get you feeling like so it's going somewhere new, but familiar. Yes, and it does that. And also, I didn't want to just go right. It's fantastic, ten out of ten, because there's got to be somewhere to go. And yeah, the thing is, they are starting to sew in the law mm-hmm. of these cartoons that we don't watch, which which I think is a good thing. I mean, they must they must be on Disney Plus. They are. So I'm going to be binging my way through those. And the thing is, there's tons because yeah. they they started. The Clone Wars after episode one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they started The Clone Wars 20 years ago. And it was animated for a while. Yeah. And then it became CG. I think I I did get a couple of DVDs of the series thing from somebody. And I think they're still sitting on the shelf in uh, my front bedroom. Mm -hmm. I don't think they've ever even watched. Well, because Tarkovsky did the uh, uh, animated one. Yeah. I fucking love that guy. I mean, Samurai Jack, yes, please. What was that new one he did? Primal? It was fantastic. Mm. Mm. It's basically a, a Neanderthal man uh, is hunting, goes home, only to see, like, a T-Rex just tear his family apart. Okay, I'm not... And then he goes and hunts sounds it. familiar, but no. And it was on Adult Swim for a week. And every episode was like one of their 10 minute episodes. Yeah. So it was less than an hour long. So like a short film, but it's fantastic. I will also say four out of five slash eight out of 10. I thought it was me knocking your door for a second, but I think it's some noise from the world. Um, It can't be. It would sound like a door knocking. Um, Yeah. So, be interesting to see where we go from here. Ugh, and I'll try not to fanboy too much out about Star Wars. Well, no, that's why we're doing it. I think I think it's nice. Oh. So let's get out of here for now. I don't know how we sign out on this one. Mm. Give me a second. I'll think of something. Mm. Mm. No, I won't have put pressure on myself. Oh fuck. Yeah. Um. Until next time. This is the way. Oh yeah, I have spoken. <laughs>